Hello and welcome to From the Trenches, the Business Examiner podcast. My name is John McDonald. This episode features a special guest from MNP. We cover his unique background that spans from engineering in Eastern Canada all the way to becoming a senior leader at the organization right here in Vancouver Island. Our conversation covers an update on what MNP has been up to both internally and externally over the past year or so, trends they're seeing from their clients in different industries across the island, and a whole lot more. Our conversation starts now. My name is James Byrne. I'm the Regional Managing Partner for MNP on Vancouver Island. We've got five offices uh, across the island from Victoria, Duncan, Nanaimo, Courtney, and Campbell River. For some of uh, individuals who are not familiar with us, uh, we're not a law firm. We're uh, an accounting and business advisory firm. Uh, We just end up with the uh, LLP on our name as just part of our structure. Primarily, we service clients across the island uh, in all, all shapes and forms, individuals, small businesses, large institutions, large companies, all sorts of different uh, organizations. Awesome, James. Well, I really appreciate your time. I've been looking forward to chatting with you for a bit. I want to ask you a, a couple of questions just about MNP in general, what the last year or so has looked like. I'm wondering if there are a couple of key highlights that stick out. Um, I know there are some some mergers that happened. There was some the bookkeeping service that I think was soft launched last year That's that I know that's built up some traction. Can you kind of speak to what what some of the highlights for you personally have been uh, with, with your business? Well, like uh, most uh, most organizations, the, the last 18 months have been a challenge for everyone considering uh, COVID and the impacts on our business. Uh, we're no different. Uh, I think some of the highlights for us, even on an internal side of things, the impact of, of COVID, working from home, changing our internal workflow, that's been a key part for us. Uh, just trying to uh, adapt to that as many, many businesses are. Uh, we've had the luxury that the type of services that we provide, we are able to do those remotely. So we've had some, we've had, I'll call it on an internal side, there's really been a change in terms of technology, in terms of workforce, uh, how we how we just interact with our clients is, is dramatically changed over the 18 months. So that's definitely a highlight. Uh, one of the things in our in our line of work, we've been pretty steady and pretty busy. We've been really fortunate and, and lucky compared to some businesses where where we've actually seen a pretty consistent uh, stream of work from our, our clients and their different interactions. I think as far as highlights, uh, as you indicated, we've had a, a launch of some of our, I'm going to call it uh, remote uh, bookkeeping, supporting our clients. People's needs change uh, and trying to find the right people for things are are definitely evolving. So we're trying to uh, keep with the times, utilize technology. So we are providing our, our client groups with some, I'm going to call it cloud-based accounting. Uh, nothing that uh, is, uh, I'm going to call it earth shattering with respect to um, some of our different competitors that are out there, uh, but definitely trying to keep up with our client needs uh, as well as to adapt that with some of the different service offerings we already, already have in existence. So that that one's going well. Uh, the other uh, big change for us this past year was uh, we did acquire a practice in our Courtney office. I think one of the things that when uh, individuals think of M&P or are familiar with us, uh, we do see a, a number of mergers that happen across our, our business. But I mean, one of the key things is 
two thirds of our business growth comes from just organic expansion of our existing client base and new things. And then the, uh, the other third is through mergers. So it's been part of our, I'm going to call it our, our firm's uh, evolution. Uh, we do see mergers happening. Uh, but I mean, I think the, uh, the key thing for us is that we grow more through our own expansion and organic growth more so than anything else. So the addition of uh, the, the practice at Courtney has been a, a key thing for us uh, with Phil Novikoski's practice coming over. Um, but it's uh, we're seeing growth in a number of other areas as well. Awesome. And I'm wondering, you, you touched on it briefly as well uh, earlier about just the the internal process transitions. Is there anything that surprised you from that? It could be, you know, the compliance from staff easing into work at home. Has there been kind of requests for career changes, people looking to advance or shift into different roles in the business? Is there anything that sticks out to you in, in, on how things have changed internally? Well, even doing this podcast, I think this is uh, this is probably the thing that's the most um, noticeable. And uh, I use 18 months. I don't know. I think it was March of 2020. I know when COVID started because of all things, uh, my my family was in Mexico and we had to cut our holiday short. <laughs> dad, dad might have overextended himself and wanted to go to Mexico. So and when you go back to March of 2020, I think one of the things that's really changed and evolved, uh, use of technology, uh, doing this podcast, Zoom. Uh, I don't know if I've done a Zoom meeting before March of 2020. Uh, we utilize Teams uh, internally, and uh, I don't think I ever pick up the phone almost anymore. Everything's done on Teams. So when you look at that from a, a, an internal perspective on how our organization has adapted and changed when, when people were uh, essentially sent home, it was pretty quickly adopted. Uh, we've moved to just a different format of communication. I think all of us uh, enjoy the fact that with teams, you can actually visually see the individual and get that body language uh, acknowledgement. Uh, keep people uh, honest. Uh, they're not going to the fridge or they're, they're actually at the, their desk and doing things. So uh, I think it's been, I've been really impressed with our team and the adoption of technology. I think in some ways, too, the thing that's almost surprising is that there are individuals who, depending on their location, their commute, their family situation, uh, it gives us way more flexibility to adapt to what people people's personal needs are. Uh, so we're able to, to I like to think, uh, adapt to, to what works for individuals. Uh, and I think uh, human nature is that personal interaction is still sought. I think we're way more collaborative and way more just engaged with the work and the culture that we that we try and develop at work. You connect better, you uh, share thoughts, you share ideas better in person. Um, but I, I think there's always a, an adaption. Uh, it doesn't matter what level within our organization you're at, be it you're a partner or you're a new individual to the organization. Uh, I think technology has really given us that ability to to allow people to, to live their lives and be flexible and things. When you're talking with members of your team throughout the year, I'm wondering if there's any trends that kind of stick out to you um, and maybe in the types of business that you're bringing in, you said, you mentioned that the organic growth has been pretty steady. Um, anything from, you know, business sales, uh, you know, use of some of the, the advisory services that you guys promote or, or use for your clients. Does anything stick out there? You know, the, the thing that sticks out the most is just volume. It's almost, uh, people may disagree, but I almost think of COVID has really 
I'm going to call it had people reflect, I think, on their businesses. So we have seen a very large range of services that are coming in from business transactions and sales, individuals looking for family succession, uh, individuals looking to improve the functionality and efficiency uh, of their organization. So we've seen quite a bit of work. And where that really takes us to is it's not the basic compliance that we're seeing that much. It's a key part of our business story, but I mean, when we look at where is this increase in volume, it's it's really businesses of all shapes and sizes looking to either move to cloud-based accounting, how can we support them, and and they can't find a a CFO where they can't find a controller. How do we support them with being able to keep up with their business? You know what? COVID's really made me look at where I'm at with my business. How do I want to I want to transition this to my next generation? And individuals are coming to us for for that type of advice and transactions. Individuals are realizing that their IT systems aren't effective in keeping up with the volume or the the different uh, impacts that they're having. Uh, trying to have people work remotely has really impacted their IT system. So how do they how do they look for new options? How do they select new options? So when you say what stands out, it's it's not necessarily that there's been a specific focus for us, but the the volume and diversity of things that our clients are bringing to us and we're having to support them with is really diversified and and are becoming more and more complex, quite honestly, is is the reality of of the business. The the accounting is still a part of it, but we're 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 really finding ourselves adding value for our clients and really feeling where we're providing that success for our, our clients is the complexity of their problems and being able to to reach out to the different tools and different resources that as a firm we're able to and and uh, that's been quite rewarding and, and it's really kind of fun when you're seeing your your efforts of of taking a complex challenge and being able to to find uh, different tools and, and different means to help our individual clients be successful and, and seeing seeing just the relief and the uh, and quite honestly the happiness that that's that's been a success is is really been a, a key thing for us in the last in the last year. Last question on this kind of theme here: Is there anything that you're seeing industry wise? Um, uh, or growth, I guess, or that you're seeing from different industries or regions across the island? Yeah, and that's, uh, I mean, that's kind of the, the key one there, John. Uh, when we really look across all all five of our offices, we're all on the island. Uh, and and uh, obviously those those listening, watching this, uh, being on the island, where, where we have seen a significant increase in businesses in that real estate and construction sector, we live in a fabulous spot. Uh, I've lived in a couple of different areas of Canada and in my time. And but you know, coming home back to the island where I'm born and raised, it's uh, people come here for a reason. And uh, as a result, we are seeing definitely that inflow of individuals retiring, moving, wanting to be here. Uh, as a result, uh, real estate and construction has definitely been an area that we've seen growth in, and, and our different client groups who are who are involved in that at all various stages of development to construction, to investment, uh, all those different layers within that sector are definitely kind of the main, main drivers of, of the businesses in our different, different offices. I want to jump into a, a, a question and it. This is something that's just been more an observation of mine. And I was looking to get to, to figure out if, if I guess, a, if I'm correct and B just how you even see this, but Watching, let's say, MNP compared to 
some of the the, the other national firms, uh, you guys seem to operate a lot more like I would say like a gritty SME where there's a like a heavy local marketing focus. You know, you have, there's a, an element of business uh, or business development team, a lot of community involvement. Um, and I'm wondering if you can just, it, is that part of the organization's strategic direction in terms of how you guys have tried to differentiate yourself or am I completely off base there? <laughs> no, uh, I'll take that. I'll totally take that as a compliment. Ultimately, it's just their values as a firm. Uh, that's really just who we are. When you look at MNP, what our different offices really represent is that they predominantly all started as three partner firms. So you take a, an office in Burden, Manitoba, in Humboldt, Saskatchewan, or in Courtney, British Columbia. Ultimately, they're part of MNP, but where they really started was they were a three partner firm who was embedded in a community and was three individuals working as as a, as a, their own business. So from a, a value perspective, one of the things that we really strive to and focus on as a firm is, is to really keep that alive. The success of us as a firm in terms of our growth, our ability to connect with clients, our ability to just be part of communities is keeping to those core values and ensuring that we actually reflect on what are our values and how do we how did we get to where we are and who are we uh, i think that's why when you when you roll those out in terms of community involvement a local presence being involved in the in the different chambers the different organizations we don't see ourselves as just a purely large advisory firm. We are a collection of accountants and business advisors. Uh, we happen to have some resources who, who are uh, technical consultants, uh, but really on the, our boots on the ground is back to that SME approach. Uh, you got to be part of the community. You got to, you got to actually understand the, the environment that you live in and the, the be part of where you work. And that's just fundamentally our value. So if that's the observation you have, I, I actually take that as a compliment because that's truly what our, our values are and how we want to be, how we want to present ourselves in our various communities. Going forward the next three to six months, you guys have a little bit of downtime-ish until crazy tax season comes. Can you speak to what you guys have on, on the uh, coming up uh, on the island? Is it just kind of business as usual or... Well, the the craziness uh, when we talk about craziness for for tax season, I mean, uh, we're gonna we've got a fair bit on the plate right now. Uh, we'll have our our offices going to Christmas. Uh, uh, really looking forward to everybody being able to take a bit of a break, bit of a I'll call it time away from the office, uh, spend some time with the family, have some downtime. Uh, really, we've got about a, the first week of January. We'll have people be able to sort of uh, I'm gonna call it regroup, as it were, but from a a busy factor. Um, it's busy. We, we've got lots going on. We've got lots of great clients. We've got lots of great things happening. They'll be pretty focused in this next period going forward. There's, there's from a business perspective, it is the next three to six months. That's the main gist of our business cycle. There's not too much change or variety um, we're throwing at our partners or our clients in the next while. It is a little bit of a, a move forwards and uh, and keep going on things. Our 
continue one of the big input streams for ourselves is our is our student hirings and bringing people on board so we'll continue to have a focus on recruitment that's going on but it's it's turned into definitely more of a, a throughout the year process i think like many businesses out there we're no different from uh, uh an electrical contractor and a plumber or if you're a heavy equipment operator i think the number one thing that everybody's staring at right now is trying to find people to to do the to the work that's on their plate that's in the future or even is current so we're no different uh, i think one of our biggest biggest things is is continuing to recruit and, and continuing to have our brand awareness out there just such uh, that uh, young up-and-coming students are, are considering mnp as a potential place to go work getting towards the tail end here i want to ask you a little bit about your professional background can i Get you to walk me through kind of how you ended up there. And then just, there were, I think there's been three key role changes. Can you kind of walk me through how, how those happen? My initial start, uh, I'm gonna, I'll go way back. Uh, my original career path was as a metallurgical engineer. So I did engineering at UBC, graduated in 98 as a uh, metallurgical engineer moved back to Ontario. I lived in Hamilton, Ontario for about seven years, uh, worked for DeFasco, which is now ArcelorMittal DeFasco. Worked there for seven years. It was a great job, great people, uh, great environment. Uh, moved my wife back to Hamilton, Ontario, had her out there for six years. Ultimately, though, the both of us were born and raised on Vancouver Island, so uh, uh, I'd like to tell people it was either the job or, or the, the lady, and I picked the lady and, and picked right, so we moved home in, in August of 2004. And at that time, some of the different, I'd done my MBA at uh, McMaster when I was working for DeFasco. So that had given me some prereqs and some different insight into accounting. My father was an accountant. He worked for McMillan Bloedel. We lived all over the, all over Vancouver Island in the different uh, logging divisions for Mac Blow uh, back in the day. Uh, so I had some had some insight into accounting. So I started with M&P in 2005 as a student. I would definitely have been a, an older student at that time. So it was uh, it was definitely a, a transition from going from a, a already a professional back down to a student. So uh, started at that point. Um, but I've been at M&P ever since. Uh, the fact that I actually lived in some smaller communities. Uh, I paid my way through university setting chokers uh, up in the north end of the island. So fairly well versed with the forestry sector, fairly involved with it, very supportive of it in terms of what it provides to the island and the, the livelihood, the education, uh, what it provides to our different communities. So pretty big supporter. I think actually I look over my shoulder, I got a couple of, couple of pieces of equipment on my bookshelf that show up right below the bottle of scotch. Um, I can see those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but my, yeah, my path was uh, uh, very focused on forestry. There's a ton of great contractors on the island uh, who work for, work for themselves, work for different tenure holders, uh, lots of different business things going on with them and, and really had a great time working in that sector, still focused in that area for myself with uh, uh, my clients, but uh, Kind of went through the practice, uh, very much focused on the forest sector and the, the different businesses and different avenues, not just on the island, but uh, across the province. 
Um, and then the most recent role change has probably been about six years now. Uh, just the way we're structured uh, as the regional managing partner, you kind of move from from the role of being focused on your on your clients as far as the main factor, the, the managing partner, you're still focused on our clients, but you're focused more on everyone's clients and making sure all our all our partners and all our team members are all aligned. Uh, each one of our offices really runs itself. Uh, each of the offices has their own sort of, I'm gonna call it uh, management, management roles. And then my role is really to make sure that uh, all of our different offices are really aligned in terms of how we're working regionally. Are we aligned with each other's goals and objectives? Are we consistent in our messaging? Uh, and then kind of ensuring that uh, as a national firm, we've got some consistency and structure in how we go about things. You kind of touched on this a little bit, but what has kept you at MNP for, for this time? Ah, a combination of things. Um, it's uh, it's been the challenge. Uh, I think all of us like to have something that uh, makes us uh, get up and go. All right, how am I going to uh, accomplish this? So there's it's been the challenge, the diversity, and and, and really the people. Um, <laughs> I think you you hear from lots. I mean, uh, most of my friends are are at work. Uh, great people to work with. Uh, great clients. So really, it's that what keeps me on M and P. Uh, great people, great culture, and and there's variety and opportunity. When you look at how you as a leader, how you've evolved from a leader since when you started, and it could be back in your time and working as an engineer in Ontario to where you are now. Is there anything that sticks out as maybe a key learning point or a key takeaway? I think probably my leadership style is definitely uh, let people do what they're good at and let them do it. I think having the personal confidence and knowing that I'm not the best leader. I'm not the smartest person in the room. I'm quite comfortable with that. And I think part of it is, is having a level of confidence in yourself to direct people who you know are super strong at different things and, and being confident to put them in the right spots so that they're going to be successful and the group's going to be successful. So I think it's really about being humble and, and insightful to who does things best. I think there's often challenges with leadership groups where the leader feels that they have to be the best at everything and they have to be the the right answer and they have to, to be the ones who, who make all of those decisions. But if you're surrounded by a group of extremely smart, extremely driven and extremely bright people, uh, just put them in the spot to be successful and, and, and let them, let them lead and let them uh, uh, do what they do best. And uh, I'll do better and they'll do better uh, if we can get everybody communicating and, and working in the same direction. Okay. Well, that's great. Very last one here before we hit the quick final four. Greatest challenge when you started out professionally to what is your greatest challenge now? <laughs> well, I gave you my career path as far as going from engineering to accounting. So the, honestly, I still remember to this day, my very first day is, is just actually trying to figure out debits and credits. It's a little embarrassing as a professional accountant now, but on my first day, it was like, wow, what are we doing? Are we doing any calculus or any, uh, any complex equations? But no, I didn't know what a debit or a credit was. So uh, that was definitely, <laughs> definitely embarrassing and, and probably my greatest challenge when I started. Uh, greatest challenge now is uh, going back to the leadership thing. I mean, the uh, people... People are the best part of work and they're also the, the hardest part of work because it's trying to figure out 
uh, all the different influences and all the different challenges for, for, for people. I mean, people's lives are complicated. I think we can all attest to the fact that uh, people have got more going on in their, in their lives than just coming to work for the day. So trying to, trying to engage with people, trying, uh, trying to relate with people and, and, and encourage and, and support. That's, uh, that's always, uh, that's always, it's a great challenge. It's, it's also what makes the role, um, uh, fun and exciting too, because when you're successful at it, uh, it's it's great for everyone. So I've got four quick ones to get you out of here. Favorite book or podcast? Uh, don't have a really a favorite book. I'd say I always enjoyed reading Wilbur Smith. Historical fiction's always uh, been a been a favorite of mine. Uh, still trying to figure out how podcasts work. I feel like I'm getting old, but technology's uh, trying to keep up with technology is always fun. Best personal advice that you've received. Uh, best personal advice. I'll go with my father saying at the end of the day, you got to be able to have something to offer people. So make sure you're, you're educated make sure you've got the right experience. But, uh, in order to be successful, you got to have something that people value and, and make sure you're offering that. App or piece of software you can't live without? Sadly, email. <laughs> it's, it's liberating when you don't have it. Uh, it's a little, uh, it's a little scary for the first part, but if you try and, uh, go off email is always a, a bit of a challenge in the, in this technology world. And then last one, favorite restaurant on Vancouver Island. Oh, favorite restaurant on the Island. Uh, lots of good ones out there. Uh, I'm going to go, uh, I'll, I'll have to go with, uh, uh, the Nanaimo folks on the on the podcast won't like it, but I'm going to go to uh, where I got engaged, so I'll go Il Terrazza in uh, Victoria. Thanks for stopping by From the Trenches, the Business Examiner podcast. If you want to learn more about the interviewee, please check the web and social links provided in the video or listening platform description. Please send any feedback to info at businessexaminer.ca with the subject line podcast. We'll see you next week.